Welcome to the outpost. What can I do for you? Oh, what happened to the last bartender? Well, he had a pretty big debt with the huts, so you know, you tell me what happened to him. <laughs> Anyways, I should uh, probably stress if you're some young little Padawan and you're coming into this joint, uh, you probably shouldn't be here the way people talk. Sometimes they use words uh, that maybe the young ears shouldn't be hearing. You know, suggestive themes and the like. <laughs> Anyways, what what can I do for you? Oh, you're looking for the Sith talkers. They're in the back room. They're doing some Mando Jambo talker. Head back there. They'll be waiting for you. Welcome back to Sith Talk, the show where we talk about all things Star Wars from all parts of the galaxy. I am your pilot and your drinking partner, Sammy B. Joining me, as always, he is the Lord of Lore. Rise for the trumpets and the fanfare, it's Zach Chrisman. And as always, I am the drinking partner as well. Sam, how you doing, man? You know... Uh, let me, let me do something first. Gonna do a little Foley here. Are you ready? I'm ready. There we go. All right. I'm enjoying a Black Horizon, um, hazy IPA. It's called Gentle Lasers. You know, I'm not an IPA guy, but I gotta say this one I actually enjoy. Ooh. Uh, how am I doing? Okay. Which, you know, I'm sure our listeners are not coming here to hear about the doldrums of our lives, so I promise not to drag it out. But, like, you know, there's always some shit going on. There's always something. But, on the flip side, it could be worse. I shouldn't have said that. That's 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 tempting fate. No, um, I've been busily trying to get my office done at my apartment. I moved here a couple months ago, and it is so close to being ready to move, like, my computer in, have my whole setup, which... I'm super excited about because I've been recording all these episodes in my bedroom and I've been doing all my sim racing out in our living room. So it's just like the space where I normally have like my space um, just isn't ready yet. But it's so close to finally being like ready to actually put together. It's going to feel so great to just have a dedicated spot. Um, I had an okay race last week in the Great Lakes Truck Series. Um, actually, pretty cool. I've totally decided that um, next season I'm one of the moderators for our league, and we're going to start um, allowing different brands to sponsor races. And I've decided right now there's going to be a Sith Talk sponsored race, and it's going to be badass. going to run a special Sith Talk paint. I'm excited. But that's that's just me. Uh, Zach, I know you've been doing a staycation, so I want to hear about all the good stuff. Because me, I'm just working. 
Yeah, I mean, there's there's really not much to say about staycation because, well, I just stayed. I just did normal things, but I just did it all day. Um, currently, I'm back at work now, um, but the staycation was a lot of fun. It, it was the first time that me and my wife had taken time off together to do nothing. And essentially, all we did was we went to the gym, we ate DoorDash, we played video games like I played God of War and then this last weekend I played um, this really awesome uh, a game by this really awesome uh, gaming company called Submersive Games and they make really highly decision based games not a whole lot of gameplay it's a, it's gameplay but it's very deci- decision making and that's like kind of what you do you you tell a story and you can beat it so many different ways and they naturally go the horror route, which is super awesome. Um, so yeah, I mean, I really just did a lot of working out. I tried to get uh, creative with my food recipes. I ate a lot of food. I ate a lot of volume, and then not volume the pill, volume the food. Uh, <laughs> and I, I just, I just took it easy and had fun. Played D and D. It was, it was a really, it was a really good time, and it was such a slow time, which is something that. I desperately needed because I feel like I'm always going super fast pace with everything that I'm doing. So it was great. Thank you for asking. No, I mean, I would love to stress to our our listeners, like my therapist reminds me, self-care is super duper important. And, you know, all of us don't do it enough. And so for some of us, self-care is Star Wars. So that's why I'm so excited that we get to do this because this is always such a a a genuine pleasure to do this show and a a fun release um i will admit i just had a thought you were talking about games you were doing and this is kind of a an adjacent thought that's not star wars related but i promise i'll tie it back around um i know we had a hell of a lot of fun doing you know playing uh vader immortal uh, when I brought my VR set down to your place, I know there's a new Star Wars VR game I've got to try. I think it's like Tales from Galaxy's Edge or, or something like that. But um, I'm definitely going to ask for flight sticks for Christmas because I really feel like that's the next step for really enjoying Squadrons is it needs that like that fighter pilot control simulacra to really amp it up but i just thought about it i know you're interested in vr and if you're you're a horror guy so i i know there are some pretty crazy horror vr games and i think you'd get a kick out of that well i'm trying to we we keep window shopping the problem is um (laughs) part of our staycation was buying um a 70 inch tv for upstairs so you had to get a sound system i bought a 70 inch tv yeah 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 <laughs> so like we had to buy a sound bar we had to get the new um the wow i am really blanking not the holder the frame the uh the wall mount the wall mount yes we had to get the wall mount for the tv the the new surround sound and so by the time i got around to getting wanting to get the the quest i was like man i should i should just wait a little bit longer so i'm definitely planning on getting it i just think i'm gonna wait probably a couple more weeks uh but that is number one on my list because i really do want to play the latest and greatest uh of the star wars games plus yeah i mean i do really like horror and i think with vr since i'm more of an active person not to say other people aren't it's just i when i feel the more immersed i feel in a world the better 
um, I'm playing, the more active I'm playing in the game. And I just like, when I play video games, I don't play just to play like some people do with like Call of Duty or Fortnite. Like I want to be immersed into a world, immersed into a story, and I want to feel like I'm part of the world and like my choices affect that world, which is why I, you know, love Star Wars because it's such a lived in universe. It always feels like it's lived in. And that's why The Mandalorian, which we'll talk about more a little bit later in the show today, is such a good show because it feels lived in and you feel like you're along with the journey. And those are my favorite kind of stories. Absolutely. And I, I will say, um, it's just funny that we both bought new TVs and maybe the same weekend or at least only a few days off. No, we, my wife and I had been holding off on a TV for so long and we were like, you know, our anniversary came and went. We usually do a fun trip. We didn't. And we're like, we didn't go anywhere. We got the money because we didn't buy, you spend it on travel. Let's right. let's get a TV. And I'll tell you what, like I have been enjoying watching Mandalorian. I had to rewatch all of it just because my jaw kept hitting the floor out with our new TV. So that I will admit is, it, w- these are all necessary purchases. Winter is coming folks and we need escapes. But right. um, it's just so funny that we both bought TVs in the same weekend. <laughs> so oh, man, before I think, we uh, get into I think the- we got a, a message coming in. Is that a news feed? Uh, that would be a news feed. Uh, we're going to go into the rapid fire news here and just name off a couple of subjects. And the thing, this is how we do rapid fire from here on out. I'm just going to name some news coming out, uh, whether it's comic book updates, stuff like that. And Sam can pick if he wants to talk about it or not. That's just rapid fire news from here on out because, you know, back in the day we used to do a bunch of different news topics and it's like, so-and-so gets announced as a droid. And it's like, that's cool. So we're just going to pick the news and we're going to update you on the latest and greatest of Star Wars while talking about the stuff that we really want to dig into. So here we go. News break. Sorry, I just wanted to throw in stuff. All right. So with the recent release of the Lego Star Wars Holiday Special on Disney+, Plus, which you can check out, there's some more news regarding the original Star Wars Holiday Special, um, StarWarsNewsNet.com, which is always our place to get the latest and greatest Star Wars news. Um, they're now, or they're they're saying in an article that a new documentary will explore how the Star Wars Holiday Special became a disaster. Uh, IO9 has officially revealed that a fan documentary entitled A Disturbance in the Force, How the Star Wars Holiday Special Happened, is being developed by directors Jeremy Kuhn and Steve Kozak, who previously worked behind the scenes of Napoleon Dynamite and directed the the Indiana Jones fan documentary Raiders, the story of the greatest fan film ever made. The philosophy behind the project is that it's well-known, the resulting Star Wars holiday special was a train wreck of the highest caliber, but they want to get into the actual story behind what initially, or what was initially planned to be a harmless toy tie-in and a promotional vehicle for the Empire Strikes Back. Next on the news, we have the Mandalorian runtimes for the next two episodes possibly revealed. Uh, let's just get it straight. According to FSK, the German equivalent of MPAA, Chapter 13 of The Mandalorian will be 45 minutes long, while Chapter 14 will uh, concise with a runtime of 32 minutes. 
Um, on to the next. Rumor, Boba Fett miniseries cast Jordan Bulger will be set between Return of the Jedi and The Mandalorian Season 2. Um, according to the direct, the untitled Boba Fett miniseries will star uh, Tamora Morrison, who played the character's clone dad, Jango Fett, in Attack of the Clones. Um, but they've also cast Jordan Bulger in a supporting role. Bulger is best known for his role in Peaky Blinders, where he appeared in 13 out of the show's 30 episodes released thus far. Although his character was uh, recast with uh, Daryl McCormack playing the character in all six episodes of the fifth series, uh, given the proximity of when Boba Fett is filming compared to The Mandalorian, it's highly likely Bulger could be appearing in The Mandalorian as well. Um, and that's the news we have really coming out for today. Is there any topics that, that you find really interesting, Sam? Well, it, the, the, the thing that kind of stands out for me, one, I want to come back to talking about the holiday special, but I really want to watch it on my own first. And we had planned to do a holiday special viewing party special for Sith Talk, so I'm going to leave that where it lies uh, until we get that chance. The run times exciting cool i just can't wait to watch it but the the boba fett miniseries i'm uh, conflicted because i know i spent a good part of the last episode hemming and hawing about how okay you can't tease boba fett and not answer any questions he says i need to know da, 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 da. yet i'm sitting here right now and i'm not that interested in a Boba Fett miniseries. Now, why is that? I guess it's just... It's it's weird because... I feel like Boba Fett's story is a interesting part of the Star Wars world, but to put it on its own, like, page, pedestal? I know they had workshopped a, a uh, Boba Fett story for a while, then it never really got to happen, so I'm sure... This is probably strongly related to that original script idea. But, you know, I, I bet people would be surprised that I wouldn't be more excited about this. It's just, of all the characters I feel like I need answers about, all of his answers I feel like would work within The Mandalorian already. I don't feel like it needs its own moment. Which, you know, maybe, you know, to, to people maybe are... are parents age or a little younger like you know with those people that were were kids when a new hope came out you know boba fett is a, an icon boba fett was the one that they made up stories about and what did boba fett do and like you'll look at legends material and all the crazy stuff boba fett gets up to he is a character of mystery and intrigue that people are really invested in so i guess in that aspect figuring out what this character is supposed to be doing you know makes sense but for it to be based between return of the jedi and mandalorian season two it just kind of shows that okay he's still there like we know his beginning and end i want to know where he's still gonna go i don't know i'm not as hyped as people probably thought i would have been considering all the things i said last episode see I'm actually the opposite, whereas I don't need Boba Fett to be an integral part of the Mandalorian. I don't really need him to 
show much more of his story. I got what I wanted out of that version. Um, I don't need him to tie in with the Mandalorian story because I, I just think like if he's going to be a part of it, it needs to be very, very, very light. I am actually very interested in this miniseries. One, for one reason alone. It's a miniseries. Like, I'm okay with something with Boba Fett that is an appetizer proportion. Because while I think sometimes, you know, back in the day he got this awesome... Um, everybody loves Boba Fett, even though he doesn't say anything or really do anything in the original trilogy. A whole lot. I think what the comics created for him, the fact that he does look so cool, and the fact that, you know, people that grew up with the original trilogy, they didn't know what the heck a Mandalorian was. So, you know, there was a lot of speculation, a lot of fun about the Mandalorian culture, the Mandalorian people, and comics really shared upon that. And, you know, I lightly read the Bounty Hunter um comics coming out right now but they are very cool and if you get a standalone series about him the opening scene is him crawling out of the sarlacc pit or something insane and where he goes from there um you have a really good story i mean really you could put boba in any real timeline and i'm gonna be about it but what's really funny is you know if i were to put money on it uh this is probably the same script much like a lot of people think that the uh kenobi series is essentially the movie script just now lengthened and giving people more time to are giving us more story and more time to breathe because they're finding that shows are really a hit success and you can tell a small story um you know you just look at all the other miniseries that are coming out today they're truly wonderful Watchmen was amazing um but you know this Josh Trank uh Boba Fett movie a lot of people forget they were going to announce it at Star Wars Celebration in 2015 they were going to announce a standalone boba fett movie and literally like days before kathleen kennedy was going to announce and he was going to do a little panel on it there was all these rumors about his troubled production um on the 2015 fantastic four movie and this article had broken out so he tweeted and said oh worst flu of my life and they kind of they shut it down and then they never really talk about it um and in a in a claim trank says i quit because i knew i was going to be fired but they do have a boba script that they've just been sitting on potentially for a long time so it is really interesting yeah i'm not saying it couldn't work it's just it, it's going to be interesting to, to see how they are using mandalorian as a, a test bed, a a launch pad for ideas of what will work and not work for the future of Star Wars. And I think one response that you could sort of garner from the response Mandalorian has gotten is, we really dig Mandalorians. And so they're like, all right, you know, let's talk about Boba Fett. Of course, he's the iconic Mandalorian. So it's, I'm not, it, I think it would work. I think it could be an interesting story, but of all the things that I would put first in line, um, it's not the one I would think of, but then again, I am forgetting that we are going to probably get, no, we will definitely get the Obi-Wan series before the Boba Fett series. So it's not like they would just be laying on, hey, Mandalorian culture, Mandalorian culture, Mandalorian culture. Like, we will get some some Jedi-heavy lore-heavy stuff. And I think 
really re-listening to I am still finishing up uh, from a certain point of view the Empire one but it's reminding me just how much um, I really hope and believe we're going to get some like uh, Spirit Realm Qui-Gon Obi-Wan discussions so that's a lot of stuff that I'm excited for so realistically you think about a timeline of when a Boba Fett series miniseries would be coming it would be after an Obi-Wan series which is definitely where I think which is surprising I'm sure coming from me um, you know Sammy pilot pilot extraordinaire wanting more of a not that I don't like lore it's just not the first thing I, I go for um, right, and I do know that w- one more thing to like kind of add to these facts. Uh, if you remember in Star Wars Celebration last year, we were there for that. Remember that? That was a good time. Remember we were around a lot of people, and it was just so much fun. Yeah, I, re- I remember oh, that. Great. I miss that. Um, but, uh, you know, the, he had mentioned that originally he wanted to tell a Boba Fett story, and they kind of implied that that was kind of they, – they have a specific plan for what they want for Boba. Somebody in – Lucasfilm knows what they want to do and they're just waiting to pull the trigger with him and they're taking their their time which I you know again with Obi-Wan I I, I think it's a good idea take your time with these characters and don't just throw them out there and and rush them out because then you kind of like while Solo's fun like you kind of get that kind of thing going on so just take your time and I'm good I'm good with waiting on Boba as long as we have to as long as it's good writing the same way I am with Ewan McGregor and I know that you feel the same way too absolutely so you know yeah. out of the, our rapid fire new stuff that's 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 the one that stands out to me yeah and i i think just to lightly touch on um one thing that you mentioned i'm actually very interested in that holiday special um documentary i watched uh johofsky's dune and it's a documentary about how the um this vision of this director who wanted to make the dune films and all the stuff that stopped it from actually happening. And these kind of documentaries are so fascinating. These always like what if documentaries. So I'm actually very excited to see the details behind all of this. Um, so this is actually pretty high on my list, even though me and you still have to watch it together. And I will be holding out to watch it with you. Um, but that's what stood out to me. And if there's nothing else that really stands out, uh, I before we get into Mandalorian season uh, latest episode season two episode four, um, I want to say that I did watch the Lego Star Wars holiday special. Uh, I actually just rolled in from watching it straight onto Sith Talk, and I'm not going to say any spoilers at all, not even light spoilers. I'm just going to say that this movie is very much, or short film is very much a kids movie but it is so much fun and it brings the purity of star wars like we talk about stuff that feels forced or feels played in or um kind of a gimmick um and this just it dumps it on its head it's so much fun it's it's a blast to watch it's completely wonky um but like even the dialogue that are clearly written for kids are clearly written for Star Wars fans. Like, the people that wrote this understood uh, the characters that they were writing about, which makes the adults, us, people who are huge fans of this, have so much fun watching this. Um, 
the 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 actress who plays Ray, she's a little over the top with her accent, trying to do the Daisy Ridley accent and stuff. But aside from that, I'm probably gonna I'm definitely gonna watch it again the next two days. It was so much fun. I could not stop grinning. So if you guys are like holding out on it, not not knowing if you for sure are in it it looks kind of weird it's lego star wars but it's the holiday special i i don't know if i can get into this This might be too much kids for me no i'm serious it is so much fun sam i can't wait for you to text me um saying you'll you uh you watched it and so maybe on the next episode of sit talk we'll actually do a pretty big uh discussion about this because i think there's going to be a lot to talk about and i think it's a different conversation uh than just the movie alone one thing I would do want to say, just as a, as a general thing, I, I realized we never specified this when we we rebranded, relaunched. Sith Talk is now going to be a biweekly show, and I, I realized like we we never clarified this. And Sith Talk, in its previous iteration, was a weekly show. Um, we are now alternating week to week with the the uh, the main the Clashing Sabers flagship show and us. So if there's a unless it's a big big topic then where we feel like, you know, more discussion could happen than just one episode, say like a movie release or season finale, um where maybe you'd have both episodes in one week. Um Sith Talk is always going to come on the opposite week of Clashing Sabers. So the next episode of Sith Talk won't be next week, it will be the following just just a little background work wanted to toss that out there because i realized that we had never specified this is a bi-weekly show now yeah absolutely and um i i think it's just it leaves it leaves me with so much energy to talk about star wars like i'm so excited rolling into not that i i wasn't um but it just it, the show feels more packed which is what i love about that and it also you know us not talking about it this week gives more people time to watch it because i know it just kind of like showed up out of nowhere i was busy with stuff and then i realized oh crap it's up there and then that's when i decided to watch it today um but it, it really is a good time if you if you guys want to feel the holiday spirit which i'm pretty sure we could all use it right now um you know go go and watch it um but with that out of the way uh sam why don't we get into the latest episode of the mandalorian yes uh we're we're gonna be talking about mandalorian chapter 12 now for everyone saying but sam and zach what about chapter 11 well folks we were on clashing sabers last week and we did a lot of extensive talking not only about chapter 11 of the mandalorian but we also did a lot of talking about um, ourselves, our history, uh, and also Sith um, Lords. Sith Lords. W- wonder why we got on that subject. But so, so that discussion, the chapter eleven discussion of the Mandalorian, can be found there if you were curious about our opinions of that bonkers episode. However, we're talking about chapter twelve. So, um, chapter twelve, the siege. Uh, how did it feel to be back on Navarro? I mean, I was I was really excited to get back to it. And, you know, it should be known that Carl Weathers uh, directed this. And I, I haven't watched any of his previous directorial work. But it was nice seeing him in front of the camera, also knowing he's behind the, 
behind the camera. Um, it was great seeing all these characters. Um, Gina Carano as uh, Cara Dune. I was very excited to see her again. Um, Carl Weathers, for sure, like is just such a charismatic person. It's almost like just both of those actors in the 80s had such big careers and they were so flashy and have so much charisma like um both um carl weathers and um billy d williams they were they had such charisma in the 80s and i love that it still shines through and like every time he talks there is just smooth jazz baby like i just feel it um and it, it, it was a blast to get back to that world and it made sense to be back there nothing about the show so far has felt like oh wow that was kind of shoved in our face um because it all makes sense like why he would need to go back there everything so far has not felt forced it's felt very organic and i think that's the best part about the show so far and the momentum of this episode really picks up um more than you think it would with how it's introduced from the beginning the beginning it breathes a little bit it's like oh i have a job and you're like all right so we're gonna have fun on this episode but we're probably not gonna get you know a whole lot of stuff because we're gonna do the job the job will be done the ship will repair we'll fly off no 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 there's a lot of stuff in this episode and particularly you know i've been very vocal about or I don't know if I've been vocal about it um, on air, but behind the scenes, I've mentioned a lot that Baby Yoda took the world by storm on social media and pretty much lasted with a big social media hype all the way into Mandalorian season two. Like he might've died down a little bit, but he didn't die out as far as like memes and uh, videos and, and jokes. Um, he, he, he kept going. So they could have very easily just moved and centered their their writing around him and it's very balanced and organic it actually i've never felt like oh they gave us more baby yoda scenes but the baby yoda scene they gave us in this episode was so funny so heartwarming it felt so 80s in like the weirdest way um it's probably my favorite baby yoda scene so far um and that is the scene of the kid not giving him the green wafers and so he just uses the force and takes them and throughout the entire episode he's just eating them until he can't until he throws up no it's like they very much embrace the idea that this child is a child like just because he has massive force potential and clearly is of a lineage of a, a, a both mystical and powerful species that this kid's still a kid like even in the like you know you're talking about like the little blue cookie scene is so cute and funny but you know this kid is more is like it's funny like it's almost like he's almost more dog than like baby because it's just like all that matters is food everything but then again like kids what do they want to eat they want to you know they eat and they poop and that's it and so i don't know it's very much that that fatherly child like my when my wife and i watched it because i usually watch the episode alone first so i can kind of like you know kind of have some peace and quiet to really just soak in the episode and then the second time i watch it is with her and then if she has any questions we can pause it talk about it but when at the very end we're jumping around here a little bit when you know he's doing all the barrel rolls and he's going wee and my wife goes he's gonna throw up <laughs> and he Absolutely. totally does and 
It's just like how he's like trying to wipe him down. She just goes, such a dad, such a dad. Like it's it's really this like this wonderful. It's Star Wars is so funny how a lot of it is about kind of like lineage and and par- parents or a lack of parents and how this story is about uh, uh you know like sort of adoptive parents like you think about how Anakin and Obi-Wan are like brothers but Obi-Wan still had to be kind of like a dad to him and Qui-Gon was like a father figure and in Palpatine so this though is a more I would like to consider a, a healthier father-son sort of relationship um it's but it is interesting that like because he is a child you know that that idea of right from wrong isn't always intrinsically understood like that there's like that idea of like there could be a little little dark side hiding in the child there that is something that'll be interesting to seek out again you're like oh but he's just a kid it's like yeah but you still have to learn lessons so it's it's just gonna be interesting to see how that all shakes out so it's it's just it's funny how there's so many fun little innocent memeable scenes of the child but already there's a couple interesting moments of like, hmm, I wonder how this is going to come back around. Like you, you think about how, you know, he ate those eggs and that was kind of like a funny little thing. And then you kind of think about it and you're like, well, eh. hey, like they were he specifically was- unfertilized eggs. No more than the eggs you eat in the morning, guys. <laughs> you know what? I'm not standing down. Come at me, bro. Give me the heat. I merely imply that it was now obviously they 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 sort things out he sees the little happy frog minnow child thing so it's all cool but i'm just saying the whole point was he wasn't supposed to be having those whether or not we're gonna be you know, that's that's not how heavy I want of a heavy of a conversation I'm planning to get into. On <laughs> hey, this I'll one. jump right in. But they brought us on the I, they brought us onto their network for a reason because they know we'll start fires. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's true. It's it's implied that what he's doing is the wrong thing, however far you seek to take it. Um, Absolutely. And so it's there's a lot of push and pull between oh the child's cute and the child is still doing you know it's not like he the child's still a child and there's lessons that have to be learned so that's that's one vein that's gonna have to be interesting to follow well it was funny how you're saying like this episode had a lot of you know stuff coming up because like you know that meme with Shaq where it starts out and he's like I sleep and then like his eyes open up and they're all red yep. and he goes real shit like that was me all the way up to like minute like 18 i was just like i sleep now i will admit it's a little unfair of me to say that about this episode because the one previous was the high you know i was writing this childhood high of seeing bogotan live adaption like that's that's a high i, I that's hard to match so no matter what this episode did i don't think it was going to truly stack up to the the hype well we thought that. we were and due we, for a filler we thought after yeah. that one we were due for a filler <laughs> like we all kind of knew like all right well it's not going to be that great especially when they went to navarro i was like okay this is just one where i can kind of like I'm going to watch it. I'm going to care, but it's not like, oh man, something crazy is going to happen. And then they like, let's just, let's just drop the bomb. They totally 
are like, yo, all that stuff that like you thought was kind of important to the child, but we never really expressly came out like, oh, how the one doctor obviously has the Camino cloner shoulder pad. And you just kind of like, remember that, but you've forgotten it by now. Oh yeah, that was all super important. And they were doing exactly what you thought they were doing, where they're trying to use the blood of the child in the midichlorian count to do some form of cloning or force enhancement like I will admit every episode has had an important payoff of this season and you have to give a show time to grow and I think season one was important because it gave Din Djarin time to have his stage and so you so you know who he is as a character but now that we understand where he needs to go and like where he started season two is just hammering in the huge bombs Bo-Katan the the cloners Boba Fett's alive like there's so much happening here that's massive implications where the child's even from yeah like there's a lot that's important to just not the story you know I think we were all a little worried that the Mandalorian was just going to kind of be a oh we follow this one character around on their odd adventures here it's going to be badass bro no, I know, I know, it is. But, like, don't lie. Like, I know there were sometimes days where, like, we're having fun, but where's the Mandalorian going? That's what I show? mean. What, like, what it's going to be badass. That's that's what it's going to be. Like, that's what I thought it was just going to be surface-level action, like, about and maybe expand on who the Mandalorians are. It's just going to be a cool show, if you know what I mean. Right. Um, now, <sighs> theories, ideas... Are they merely experimenting with force additioning to specimens to then, once they feel like they've figured it out, recreate the Palpatine clone? Or are what we're seeing Snoke rejects? Or both? Is Snoke a reject of Palpatine or, or something? Like, there's so many avenues that they have opened up and with pan this is basically like a pandora's box episode and we knew that somehow this was going to connect back to the first order and how we get there and this was big time showing like literally they, they, they dropped so many hints like you will be rewarded in the new order they're seeing clones that look suspiciously like snoke there's a lot of important shit hell even that rebel pilot at the excuse me new republic pilot at the end is like look something's going on out here and we need to connect these events like it's exciting to see that they're finally finally connecting some dots i've been talking a lot hit me hit me with something well i can tell you because i'm looking at that image right now that is almost 90 percent for me positive that that is a early formation of snoke it might not be snoke himself but it is the early formation and that he was an experiment because rise of skywalker says I made Snoke, and that's kind of all you get, which uh, I think I talked about um, in the last episode of Clashing Sabers uh, when we were on it, how that kind of really pissed me off and how it just wasn't good enough for me. And that's a conversation for another time. But even just adding this in here, like getting to see the start of what should be, because the music was very close to um, his theme when it was played and shown on display that kind of looked like him um it 
it already makes it a lot cooler in this context than it did in Rise of Skywalker. Like I'm I'm super interested in this format learning about this specific thing. And what it really did was it, it, it gave me more things to think about and more things to love about this show automatically because I mean this is of course where they're leading. They're they're for sure leading us to these are the people that are trying to replicate Palpatine replicate they're trying to clone uh force users but that's it's in the legends it, it can't be done and they're trying to figure out how to do it and they they can't figure it out right now so they're injecting uh baby yoda's blood because he has a high m count aka midi clorins and how cool is that they took something so unpopular and said you know what screw it we're gonna do it anyway because it's star wars and it's a part of the universe and you can't just gloss over midi chlorians and guess what we're talking about clones we're talking about making force users out of these clones we need to talk m count not just come up with a stupid new name no george made m he made midi chlorians so we'll just call it m count it sounds cooler than midi chlorians and that's that and like guess what nobody cares nobody's like oh god sigh we're doing the midi-chlorian account. Uh, we're bringing this back. I'm not telling you. I'm getting out of here. I'm running from this show. I swear to God, it was a good show until yeah. I brought back midi-chlorian. And this, is, and this is the thing about the Mandalorian. It is taking concepts, not only that were already cool, but it's making things that you necessarily weren't a huge fan of and making it cool. Like the buzz droids. <laughs> I mean, like, it, it makes... Um, it's really just making it uh, really cool because I had a huge problem with this Snoke stuff in Rise of Skywalker. I was really upset that I spent years thinking about who this guy is and thinking about what he was. And all I got was a picture of his dead head in a, in a like, cloner tank and Palpatine going, I made Snoke. Like, that, that really upset me because as a fan, it doesn't... Not that everything needs to be explained... But he was made out to be such a big character, and they literally just glossed right over him. And they glossed over a lot of things in Rise of Skywalker to me. And this alone, like talking about the M count for the transfusions, uh, but the experiment has failed, uh, the body's rejecting the blood, and you kind of know that they're talking about, like, hardcore Star Wars fans know that they're talking about they're trying to bring Palpatine back. Like, we kind of pretty much know that and what might happen is they might create snoke instead they might create palpatine and snoke they might create palpatine then palpatine might give snoke life to hide behind i mean we don't know how this is going to play out but it's very heavily implied that this is the start of trying to bring granddaddy palps back into the fold and we actually get to watch it in a show that's very well written so this is going to change a lot of things for me um if done right which it's already looking like it's going to be doing that because this is actually very big to me i spent a lot of time thinking about snoke i spent a lot of time um thinking about the first order and how they're starting and it the contingency plan in um aftermath we never did anything with it we never talked about it nothing ever happened there was this big unfolding plan and we knew like palpatine was coming but we didn't know if he was actually coming. We didn't know if it was Snoke. And then, you know, it was Snoke. And then Palpatine just showed up and we got a bunch of premise in The Rise of Skywalker with no real context. So we don't really know. And we're actually getting to watch 
the stuff that we read from Aftermath through stuff like The Mandalorian, stuff like Battlefront 2 that develops more on the contingency plan. And, you know, one of the things we could see that could be behind this, Sam, trying to get these experiments started is the Palpatine Sentinel droid. We could see that, too. I mean, we could see a Sentinel droid in this show. And how crazy that would, would that be? That would actually make a lot of sense it to would, see that. It would make a lot of sense, and it would be super cool. And again, it's not forced because it's organic. There's so much stuff that this show just does right. And this is a big part for me because I really need to get behind Rise of Skywalker. Um, I really need a better, more context than what I got because I felt like I'd spent all this time thinking about stuff and they had implied a bunch of stuff but never truly followed through and even though this is technically backtracking I don't think it is because I think John Favreau had this written before Rise of Skywalker coming out or came out and he's doubling down on it so this is actually very cool to me because it's giving me a lot of insight on what might actually happen and where this might take us Um, this is probably the coolest part of the Empire for me is what they're doing right now um, working on the contingency plan, trying to to make force using clones to potentially bring Palpatine back, but like it's also kind of like implied that it's Snoke's origins. This is very cool for me. This is big. It's very big. This might be the biggest episode of The Mandalorian yet for me alone. You know, one thing I w- you are right. Like the implications of this episode, like we thought last episode packed big punches for saying. Look, the Mandalorian is going big, much bigger than we thought it was going to in the the Star Wars story. The fact that they're willing to ante up, the fact that we are seeing most likely early Snoke iterations slash Palpatine attempts is is big. And it, it really makes me think about how did Snoke get from point A to point Z, if you know what I mean. Because if this is what we're watching is a, a Snoke creation being made. How how does he become the grand first, you know, the, the, the supreme leader of the First Order? And it, it's funny because I think back to the, uh, the Kylo Ren comic where he's just this dude chilling in a garden. Like, it's just kind of an interesting path that I'm excited to see how they're going to go down it. Like, does this Snoke iteration be like, I don't want to work for these guys and, like, runs away and does his own thing but then comes back like i there's a lot there that i'm i'm interested in learning about or like are we gonna see you know maybe a breakthrough because of the um uh the 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 the, the what was the cult called that was like really in the darth vader the, the, the oh man of the beyond uh, uh acolytes of the beyond Actually, like, is there going to be, like, a real, like, I kind of am hoping we get into some, like, Sith spiritual stuff. Like, they're not shying away from the fact that we are lining up for some 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 important conversations about the Force. We're bringing Ahsoka Tano into play. Like, that's confirmed. It's happening. We're going to have to have and confront the fact that we're talking a lot about what does it mean to be... A Jedi. What does it mean to be a Mandalorian? What does it mean to be born with the Force if you can create it? Like, there's a lot on the horizon here, and I'm excited to see. Let, let me backtrack. I'm saying a lot of things, but not saying a lot of things. Obviously, 
it, it is exciting to know that the creators of the show with John Favreau at the lead pay attention to the smallest details and will reward fans for knowing that perfect case in point and we'll come back to this I'm sure the dark troopers at the end like holy shit there's there's just so many subtle things that that are making this like you said at the very beginning of the show what makes Star Wars great it's a lived in universe and every corner round in the Mandalorian especially season 2 we're being pointed and rewarded for the fact that we care as fans to the universe and that everything matters that caught like you think okay you know he's a Mandalorian shouldn't he come in contact with Cobb Vanth well he does Oh, well, if he's looking for his people, wouldn't it make sense for him to see Bo-Katan? He does. Oh, they're talking about cloning and trying to, you know, take M counts in the factor? Oh, are you watching Snoke being made? Like, every episode has mattered. And that's massive. So... But if you're if, you, mean, if you, you're not aware with the, the material, you also know... Like, if you don't know anything about this stuff, you also know that now you've learned that the Empire wants Baby Yoda's blood for something to create force users and you kind of know and you see this really messed up machination of a body even if you've never seen uh the force awakens you just know that the empire wants his blood to create like screwed up clone force users yeah no it's yeah it there's a lot going on that's exciting i and i also don't i don't know i'm like i i think one thing just to come back to the dark trooper thing because that is such a I don't want to call it a throwaway reference, but that is that is an old school reference. Like I think the first Dark Trooper appearance was like in Dark Forces in like ninety five or ninety three in some old game, and it it again it makes perfect sense to bring it into the story here. If Moff Gideon is on some smaller ship, he needs powerful forces to cause some damage, and storm tro- good stormtroopers are hard to come by. And usually, the thing that made stormtroopers good wasn't their skill; it was their numbers. He needs some high-quality murder droids. Now, I know that in Legends, they were made of a material called, I think, like, Fisk or Frisk or something. But I think it would make more sense if they actually kind of reference back to the fact that Gideon obviously has a lot of Beskar on hand. And that these are Beskar droids, which is a terrifying idea. And I'm wondering if we're going to see some... I didn't know what they were going to do with, um, you know, Ahsoka. And, like, I'm excited to see what they do with her. Because this is, again, uncharted territory. But if they're bringing out some murder droids, Ahsoka's going to be pulling out those double-bladed light, like the, the double whites. And I don't know if I'm going to be able to handle that. <laughs> and who hates droids? The Mando. Yeah, no, it's like there's... there's oof, they've... A lot of things that... I feel like now I don't want to say that weren't that were not throwaways, but like you can tell that every step along the way has mattered, and I I even feel like some of those early episodes that we considered kind of like oh you know it was a filler episode there's there's material in there that we don't even recognize the importance of yet, so I'm ah, shoot I'm just along for the ride I'm having fun it is. It is satisfying to see that when people who are passionate 
and knowledgeable are put in the right place, that good things happen. And are allowed and to actually I, write it? Yeah. No, I just, I hope that... I, I do not want to call what the sequel trilogy was not a failure, because that's not true. I think for the audience that is going to grow up with those films, they're going to be very important to them. Like they'll, they'll be our prequels. They will be the movies that they went to see in the theater for the first time. They had representation of whatever it may be to them. They will have importance. I, I don't think we've discovered the importance of the sequels yet, if that makes any sense. I think they, much like any good fine wine, need time to age and have their lore expanded upon a little bit. You, you said it earlier. The Snoke explanation felt kind of hollow when we got it in Rise of Skywalker, but if we get some good background on how it all adds up and makes sense, all of a sudden that one line that kind of seemed dumb couldn't make sense. But I'm, what what makes the Mandalorian so successful versus the sequels so far, is. I I think. I thought about this earlier today, and I had the what I wanted to say down, and now I'm botching it. The, the sequels, are, I think, great pieces of cinema in their own right. And need time to really settle into the Star Wars lore. Whereas the Mandalorian understands how it fits into the Star Wars story better. Does that make sense? Yes. Um, it, it makes sense. However, you know, I get a lot of crap for liking BVS, uh, Batman vs. Superman, because a lot of people say, well, it's, you know, it's a, it's a lot of implied context, implied story. And I'm like, yeah, but I get the implications. So therefore I love it. Um, that's why I like it. I understand why other people don't like it. The, the problem with some of the stuff is there's a lot of context with no true reward. And the Mandalorian gave is giving us real context. And when it comes to the sequel trilogy, I still love The Force Awakens and I still love The Last Jedi. It's just very hard for me to watch them because while I think Rise of Skywalker is a very cool movie and the scene between uh, Kylo Ren and um, Harrison Ford is so beautiful and so touching and there's a lot of beautiful and touching stuff and there's a lot of very cool stuff, a lot of very evil stuff. I struggle with just Palpatine's returned, it seems. Like, they don't even know what the hell they're doing. Like, oh, it seems Palpatine's returned. Wow, that's all you're going to say about that? Holy shit. Like, and so if the Mandalorian is giving us more context maybe as to why that is, because it's its own story and it just naturally is going that way, which it very much seems like it. I'm not getting forced... Um, force-fed some stuff because Rise of Skywalker wasn't received well, it's naturally supposed to be in the story, um, then great, because guess what? If they if they give us the reasons why and how, then I get to love Rise of Skywalker. I, I, like, I get to really love it, because now I have the issues that I had with it. Like, now I know why, and I got context. Um, so that's me. I mean, like, really... The sequels are out of the bag for me right now just because Rise of Skywalker is 
it's so fresh and it also i do have some issues with it that i'm working out um but i still love force awakens the last jedi and i guess i'm just trying to and i still do really like rise of skywalker in certain aspects but not not completely as a story it felt a lot like a marvel movie and less like a star wars film so far um so far but the cat's not out of the bag because a lot of things sometimes it just takes time and we're all star wars fans we're all going to continue to be star wars fans that's why you're listening to the show thank you for listening to the show um and sometimes it just takes us time to come around you know sometimes yeah no i'm i know i need to give it another shot because i mean this hit me um yesterday as i was i was setting up my office again and i've got my star wars shelves i'm getting reset up and i was pulling out my star wars video collections like you know the movies uh, tv shows i don't own rise of skywalker and that's weird because usually anytime any like dvd or movie release comes out i buy that disc right away and it was just funny that I realized that, wow, I never went out and bought it. So I, I, I think it sounds like I'm bad-mouthing that film more than I truly am. So I want to I clarify that right away with anyone listening. I'm not – this is not a let's hate on Rise of Skywalker no. moment. This is, again, I, I firmly believe that, like anything, we all will – we all have things that we like that we know maybe aren't perfect. I, there are many people I talk to that are Star Wars fans that love Attack of the Clones. And let's be real, Attack of the Clones isn't a good movie. <laughs> In my, like, you know, you can like it. Doesn't I still have to like be it. Good. It's just not um, a good movie. Right. No, that's exactly the point. And I, I think that rise of skywalker i need to give more time and i also think it just the world needs to be built around it a little more for me to be totally 100 percent like yeah this fits but you know give it time well you know we'll if there's one thing that's been proven is that i think star wars will always find a way you know what i mean like even when there was no official big releases of anything star warsy people were were consuming the books consuming comics writing their own stuff so i don't think you're getting rid of star wars anytime soon and i'm i'm just glad to be along for the ride and have zach with me for that ride it's 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 been fun and i don't know maybe we'll have to do um some kind of rewatch of like a no we like definitely need review. to we need to i think that would be good i think that would be actually a really interesting episode to do of really talking about what what it is that worked and i don't want to say didn't work but just i i think we should do that you know I've, we've got a it's crazy to think about it we we want to do a original holiday specials special for sith talk and now we want to do a a, a review a, a, a one year later review no we got lots of ideas folks sith talking going nowhere and we got lots of things to talk about it sounds like i need to drive up to chicago when stuff cools down just a little bit and we need to like just do this live and have a good time absolutely we do so folks 
I just want to thank you again for listening to Sith Talk here on the Clashing Sabers Network. Now remember, you can join our Patreon, that's the Clashing Sabers Patreon, to support our litters... I just missaid the word literacy. So what does that say? <laughs> now, you can join our Patreon to support our literacy nonprofit that gets Star Wars books in the classrooms. 100% of your donations will go directly towards buying and sending books. So be sure to go to clashingsabers.net. That's where you'll find information about that. Uh, you'll also find great articles. I know I've been trying to think of some articles to be writing up for that. Clashing Sabers and Sith Talk are both on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, you can go on Facebook and join the Star Wars Clashing Sabers Facebook group. Um, there's great discussions on there. Again, we post articles articles there any information on when stuff is coming out you'll find it um clashing sabers is also on youtube please follow um drew Lindsay, mark myself zach uh, adriana on our social media accounts both on instagram and twitter zach is sith talker 25 me i don't really have a super dominating uh social media presence right now you would probably be sam barnes visuals although i do a lot with the great lakes uh sim racing series so if you want to check that out and see what i do for racing uh don't forget to leave a rating for us and review on our shows it's it's huge it means a lot to us and of course, listen to our other shows here on um, Clashing Sabers. You've got, of course, the Clashing Sabers flagship show, uh, Starships, Sith Talk, uh, Forever Star Wars, all, all the good ones. And I also needed to also also say there's so much to say here at the end of the episode. Uh, big thanks to Bill Vlahos. He's the one that did all the music that you're hearing thumping away at the beginning and end of this episode. So thank you, Bill, for allowing us to use your music. And thank you, Bill, for the yes, thank you, Bill, for the uh, Batman versus Superman blender bottles and the nice insult saying that I'm the only one that likes the movie. You're probably right. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Oh man, may the force be with you. Always. Hey, looks like you're done talking, Sith. Who? Oh, Scion, the bartender. Yeah, he's gone down a couple lovers. You're gonna venture down there? Well, there's a few things you should know before you go. Sith Talk, all the Clashing Sabers Network, they ain't associated with Disney, Lucasfilm, or any of their subsidiaries. All these licensed sounds and whatnot all belong to whoever the hell they belong to. We just use them here for entertainment and educational purposes. Look, if you're unsure about something or have questions about what's what, email us at clashingsabersnetwork at gmail.com. And hey, on your way out, make sure you leave us a rating and review. Word of mouth is how people find out about this place. Now, get out of the way, I got paying customers to get you. Jedi business, go back to your drinks. <laughs>